So Aaron Rodgers is trying to turn the New York Jets into a happy Madison production. You know what I'm talking about? When Adam Sandler makes a movie, he has all his buddies in it, which is actually kind of a cool thing because that gives his friends work. Uh, it employs a lot of people. You know, you think about everybody for, from the key grip to the to the associate producer, like all these people are working because of him. Aaron Rodgers is approaching his football team building much in the same way. He only wants to go to the New York Jets as long as Alan Lazard's there, which makes sense. The guy had 60 receptions, about 800 yards, six touchdowns last year. But then he's like, Mercedes Lewis? Randall, like Garrett Wilson is a member of the New York Jets. Like, I don't think, no, you don't need, no, they got Brees Hall. Like, you're good. You're good, Aaron. You know, for all this talk, for all the years about Aaron Rodgers, ah, they never got him any weapons. Like, did he want any? Like, he sort of comes off like the, like the neighbor. You're like, do you ever buy your kids toys? Like, no, like they only play with the box or they'll play with grass. Like, whatever. Why buy? Maybe that's what Aaron Rodgers has been all along. He just wanted his friends there the whole time even got rid of Devonte Adams. But in any event, uh, as when, whenever you're listening to this, if you're watching live, he's certainly not a member of the New York jets yet. He's actually going to be on the Pat McAfee show and he's going to do his own version of the decision. And if he's not wearing a burgundy checkered shirt, uh, I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, but in any event, I do, I do know what we're doing here right now. So Sam, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. A huge day on Monday. Not so much today. Uh, it's kind of like the opening days of March Madness. You go out to Las Vegas. Uh, you spend Thursday morning in the Excalibur Sportsbook, drinking your weight in alcohol. And then on the next day, you're like, I can't even move. That felt like the Bears today on Friday or Friday on Tuesday. Uh, but breaking it down for us, uh, we will be joined right now by the incredibly talented Carmen Vitale. Carmen, Hi. how are you? You're you're apprehensive. I I don't want you to be. I don't. You don't need to be scared. I know the producers scared you walking in here, but everything's fine. How are no, you? No, it wasn't the producers that scared me. It was your tone of voice being like, oh, "No, no, 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 I'm not going to say anything." But like, you've got nothing to say to me, really, because I was I had a glowing report of what the Chicago Bears did yesterday, and I have voiced my annoyance wow. about the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. So in a rare moment of me not being super objective, um, I like I think we agree on absolutely everything. I it was a glowing report card I wrote for Ryan Poles yesterday. Oh my gosh. Do you think they're gonna win at least five games now? Is that too much? Are you still like not going that that Okay, I said that before too. I said very close to 500 is what my prediction was, and I still maintain that. I said they might start slow, but I think they're yes. going to end up around 500. And honestly, the moves that Ryan is making seems like they are tur like turning the clocks forward on this on this to use to borrow a phrase from what we just did this weekend uh, on this rebuild. And yeah. it, I think it's going to be a lot quicker than we we think. I still think it's a couple year process, but I think the Bears are going to be in a lot better situation next year than anyone really had uh, expectations for. At least me. Yeah. Anyway. No, I I understand all of that. What, what's funny right now 
is I feel like there's a lot of reporter mad libs going on. And this is, well, this is the God's honest truth. Like if the bears had kept Roquan Smith and this is like taking out that they would have ended up with the first pick, notwithstanding if they would have kept Roquan Smith and given him a hundred million dollars, every pundit who's ripping them right now would be like, why, why, why are you giving that much money to one player when you need more players and you need draft capital and you need this and you need that. And so that's exactly what the bears had done. And now it's like, well, why didn't they just pay world coin Smith? Like what, what do you want from us? What would you want? What did you make of the moves that they made? I, I was impressed. I know that your report is on foxsports.com, but tell the folks, like, what did you think? Yeah. It was interesting that they didn't address the needs that we thought they were going to right away, right? You still have a need at tackle on the offensive line. You still need interior defensive line help. And there was rumors that they went after Mike McGlinchey for tackle help, but then they ended up with Nate Davis, which I think is a sneaky good signing because I think he had a lot to do with Derrick Henry's success in Tennessee, which is great. But the two linebackers, I mean, we we spent all this time, and myself included, talking about how the Bears needed three-tech to make that defense go – they also need a weak side linebacker. And now you've got the, I don't even know who they're going to choose. I'm assuming Tremaine Edmonds is probably going to be on that weak side, yeah. but I don't know for sure. Cause you've got TJ Edwards too. You got TJ Edwards at really good value, but then yes, Tremaine Edmonds is the same caliber of linebacker as Roquan Smith is. You did have to pay him a lot of money, but you still paid him less than you would have had to pay Roquan. And because of the way you finessed, the moves and because of the chess pieces that you're moving around and because Ryan Poles is thinking two to three steps ahead, he also got more draft capital out of the deal. He pay and still got a linebacker that is going to make that defense go. And I, I just, I can't say enough about how well Ryan Poles has done, how patient he's been and just about how much he's thinking two or three steps ahead to the point where the fact that they did, sign a guard instead of a tackle. I was kind of like, huh, okay, how's this going to work? I don't, I don't know, but I completely trust it. I'm like, okay, you clearly have a plan. And that's what we've seen this off season. I think that that's the biggest thing for Bears fans. Yeah. I want to get into the Nate Davis thing uh, for a moment, but going back to the linebacker situation, you know, and a lot of people have talked about this and I think that you put this in your article, but you went Tremaine Edwards, TJ, Tremaine Edmonds. I know no one's going to mess that up. (laughs) It's gonna be. It's gonna be so I'm many weeks. That up so many times. So, so many weeks but to get that to get that correct. Uh, Edmonds Edwards, a second round pick for Roquan. To me, that feels like a pretty fair trade for for equally the amount of money. And you get Jack Sanborn uh, for the same amount of money. I don't know who turns that trade down, other than haters trying to get clout by ripping on the Bears. I think, too, we can't underestimate the value that TJ Edwards has because you got him at a good price with not a lot of guaranteed money. This was Philadelphia's defensive signal caller last year. He (laughs) wore the green dot. And yes, the Philadelphia Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl, but they got there and it was in large part thanks to that defense. And especially TJ Edwards, he's he's a hometown kid. He's got such a good story, you know, coming up from, I think he was an undrafted free agent and then becoming a leader on the defense. In Philadelphia, which is a tough place to play, man. And that yeah. defense, there, there was a lot of expectations on that defense, especially as Jalen Hurts kind of came into his own. So I think that that is incredible. 
I think that was really, really good value. I was totally fine with just TJ Edwards. And then you go and get Tremaine Edmonds, <laughs> who hasn't had less than 100 tackle seasons since he got into the league. Like, this is – it was a slam dunk, home run, whatever sports analogy you want to use – I'm so impressed with the plan that the, the Bears front office seems to have. Not to mention, this also indicates to me, like the draft did last year, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are on the same page. Ryan Poles knows what Matt Eberflus needs, and he is going to get it for him. And that cannot be understated. Those two sections of the football operations within a team, the coaching, the personnel side, those two working together should not be taken for granted. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's great to see. And and Edmonds is one of those players who I feel could have a little bit of a glow up coming into Chicago, really getting an opportunity to go out there and kind of, you know, start a new chapter for himself. And especially with the way, you know, that's another thing, too, is like who who fits the scheme? I think that Matt Eberflus has been around the NFL long enough to be like, this is my kind of player. This isn't my kind of player. And somebody can be really good. Like it happens a lot. With players who are really good, and you're like, I just doesn't quite fit what we're trying to do here, what we're asking players to do. And I think that's fair. And so I think that this was a pretty good trade-off. I like Roquan Smith. I hope he does well in Baltimore. I hope he continues to kill it. But I'm not going to be upset with what the Bears have been able to pull off at the linebacker position. Now, you did mention the defensive line still has a lot of deficiencies. Draymond Jones is a player that I really liked and thought that that was going to be a possibility. I'm shocked. Because Seattle is sitting in a spot where they could pick Jalen Carter. So for them to go out there and spend the money for Jones, which leads me to believe that, number one, they might be looking at a quarterback trading down or doing something like that. But was it a? did you get the sense that that was because Greg Gabriel intimated this, but it felt like the Bears were interested, but they're like, we're not paying that price. Yeah, I think that that's exactly what happened, especially because you still need a rotation up front, too. So you don't you need that three tech. But I don't know that. And again, you can't address every single need in one offseason, despite how much how many resources they have. You can't address every single need right off the bat. We don't know that they're not going to address it in the draft, though, too. It's kind of a weak defensive tackle class. Unfortunately, you've got yeah. Jalen Carter and then the drop off is, is quite severe. And it did kind of make me second guess if Jalen Carter is perhaps still on the table because he very much still could be there at nine now. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. And again, I think that the bears would have still would have a lot to atone for if they end up taking him. Well, I thought he was but, going to Seattle. I honestly thought he was going to go to Seattle. That's why yeah. it was shocking to me. that and Seattle he still could. Started. Yeah. He still could. I, guess, I, I mean, guess. just because they invested that into Draymond Jones, I don't think that precludes them from still taking a guy like Jalen Carter to, again, you need a couple of those guys up front to really to eat up all the space they need to while also, you know, pass rushing the quarterback or getting pressure onto the quarterback. I also haven't ruled out Seattle wanting to get another quarterback to kind of sit behind Geno for a couple of years. We actually just did that in our mock draft on FoxSports.com. I think they ended up with Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, which who's kind of a more developmental guy. And it kind of made sense. I at least the way. So David Hellman was the one that made that made that pick. I didn't make that pick. But I think that makes sense, too, just because you re-signed Gino. Is he really your franchise quarterback or are you going to go out and draft one either this year or next and let them sit while Gino finishes out his contract? And then you've got your quarterback in the future. I don't know. Seattle's in a cool spot. 
Yeah. The Bears totally. are also in a cool spot because if four quarterbacks go, like we had actually in our mock, that means you're only looking at four other non-quarterbacks off the board by the time you're picking at nine. Possibility are endless, man. And everything from wide receiver to tackle to every, that's all in play. It's all in play for the Bears. And they're just they're setting themselves up still very well. It is one of those things that in, in somewhat tongue in cheek, but it's essentially to use the phrase that people use on us about like you essentially gave up a first round pick for Chase Claypool. It's essentially a top five pick for the Chicago Bears because I, like you, anticipate four quarterbacks going off the top of the off the top of the board, which means like there's five guys who are the five best non quarterbacks in the draft right now. And you're looking at Will Anderson, uh, Carter, Bijan Robinson, maybe Skaronsky, your boy, Tyree uh, who Wilson. was on Tyree yeah. Wilson. Like the Bears are in a pretty good spot. Do you? Well, uh, I guess I'm jumping the gun here. But do you think right now, if you know, based on the moves that they've made, does it feel like they're committed to nine and they're going to use it to address either you know a, a pass rusher, an offensive tackle? Or do you think that there's a, an, an opportunity for them to move down even further uh, to kind of try to pick up some more draft picks? That's a hard question just because I think that Ryan Poles has the utmost confidence. And, and why wouldn't he in his offensive line evaluation process, right? So do you need to use your first pick of the draft on an offensive tackle who, yes, is probably a sure thing. But if you're Ryan Poles, you know you can get a guy that maybe some other people have overlooked at a better value that's going to give you the impact you need without having to spend the capital on that. And then maybe you go for a guy like Tyree Wilson. Maybe you even go Jackson Smith and Jigba because I yeah. think that he's – to reunite him with Justin Fields, chef's kiss. And I don't care that you already – now you have DJ Moore. Like you have DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool – and you add Jackson Smith and Jigba to that, to the top that the top of that receiver room, that's one of the deepest, best receiver rooms that you're going to get in this league. So I really do think that they have a good mix of best player available slash needs. Like that's how they're kind of operating right now is like, all right, where can we get the best value maybe is a better way to put it right. while addressing some needs. But I do think as much as I want selfishly them to take Peter Skaronsky with the number nine pick. Right. Um, I don't know that that's going to be the case because I think that Ryan Poles knows and has more confidence in his evaluation of offensive linemen where he knows he can hit later on. That's my point. Yeah, when you nail a pick like Braxton Jones, I think that that kind of gives you a little bit of confidence. And I said this, you know, I guess this is the first time we've talked. Said, oh, gosh, this is the first time we've talked since the trade even. Since the trade, um, yeah. So I guess we can, we can dive into that in a moment. But on the NFL Network, I was there on Friday. I mean, it was... Perfect. I mean, it, it could not have worked out better for, for me to be on the network on total access on Friday, the day that DJ Moore was traded to the bears, especially with the producer that we have on Fridays, who is very, he's, he's very much like not an over. He's like, ah, like is he, he was like, we were going to have these segments called chop it up where he's like, yeah, here's the thing. Like you guys just go talk about the Cowboys. It wasn't overproduced, like whatever, mm -hmm. go talk about it. And so then, of course, the trade happened and we were talking about this. One of the points that I made uh, is exactly what you said. Like, I I do not, not even a little bit, rule out the possibility of Jackson Smith and Jigba being the guy 
but the Bears take it number nine. I know there's a lot of our, our friend Brian Perez has been talking up uh, Bajan Robinson. And, and I've seen, I think it was Emmanuel Acho who also said this too. And I understand where they're coming from. Like, hey, the Bears need playmakers, which is true. But this is, it's almost like turning into fantasy football in a way because when you take, let's say Jackson Smith and Jigba is good. Let's say that he is Chris Alave or Garrett Wilson or one of these guys. He is going to play two contracts with the Chicago Bears. I don't care who the running back is. I don't care how good he is. He's playing one contract for that team. The Bears are not in a position right now to go out there and take a one contract player. The LA Chargers, if they get rid of Austin Eckler, you're in line to go take Bajan Robinson. The Chicago Bears, to me, and people can argue with this, I, I don't think that they're in that spot. I would rather take the wide receiver. And like you, I would rather have four studs. And if Claypool, and listen, it's insurance if Claypool doesn't work out. I still believe that he's going to, but if it doesn't, well, all right, we got this young stud out of Ohio State that I think is going to be very good. Yeah, we also don't need, you don't need all four of those guys to have 1,000-yard seasons. <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah. Chase exactly. Claypool could put up five, 600 yards, throw in five, six touchdowns, and I'm happy. I'm, yeah. I'm very happy with that. So I think we're holding each of these guys to wide receiver one standards when they don't have to be if you have that deep of a room, if that makes sense. No. I also think, again, they could still retain David Montgomery. And I think Nate Davis was maybe a push for that as well. Him and Derrick Henry were super tight since Nate Davis came into the league. I was talking to some people in Tennessee and they very much looked to Nate Davis for how much success Derrick Henry had. Derrick Henry was the leading rusher in Nate Davis's first two seasons with the Titans. Yeah. So he had, he had a lot to do with that, especially last year. Derrick Henry rushed for over 1,500 yards under a, with a piecemeal offensive line at that point. And Nate Davis was a huge reason why. And so I'm like, all right, he's a very good run blocker. I think that he could get better in pass pro, and that's a little concerning. But I also think that maybe this was kind of one of those things like, hey, look, David Montgomery, we're getting you some guys that you can legitimately run behind. And we have Khalil Herbert, and you have a quarterback that can be part of the run scheme too. So stay here and hang out and give Justin the benefit of a good run game to fall back on as he does try to get himself going in the pass game. That being said, there needs to be a lot more work on that offensive line to give him enough time. And that's the only, that's the concerning thing. I think it's the trenches are still concerning to me, but that's because I pay a lot of attention to them. Uh, Yeah. We'll see. And then this is a really good cornerback class though, too. And I think that's another that's another wild card you can throw in as a possibility at number nine. Yeah. You, uh, you're starting to sound like Freeland where you're getting, we're, uh, listen, it's still, there's still a lot of time to go. There's there's a lot of time to go, but let's talk about Nate Davis for a second. Obviously during his NFL career, he's played right guard. Tevin Jenkins played right guard last season. Do you have any indication of where Ryan is Ryan Pohl's going to tell us, or is this going to be a thing? Like we have to wait till August. I mean, I guess no, we'll see. Me again. Well, I mean, if if last year was any indication, we're still going to see a lot of evaluation. It depends on how many new guys, too, I feel like end up on that line. Because one of my thoughts was, is Tevin Jenkins now, are they planning on upgrading the line to a level that now Tevin Jenkins isn't your surefire right guard starter? And he's going to have to prove that again. Is yeah. that the case? Or, and I saw this possibility floating around the internet, 
of Kobe Whitehair moving back to center, which is a position he's played before. And then Nate Davis moving to left guard and you leave Tevin Jenkins at right guard. And then you get a tackle or two in the draft to help with all of that. That could be the case too. But again, when it comes to stuff like that as well, I, I'm, I'm looking for more continuity this year than last, but I don't know how forthcoming they're going to be with how, I mean, even me, when media, although training camp, you get a little bit more access. Yeah. Usually you don't really get to see who's practicing with the ones or you're not allowed to say who's practicing with the ones. And so if it's the uh, same guys every week, you're not going to be able to say that. And they're not going to tell you that until you see the team in its final form. But I'm hoping that they know exactly where these guys are going and where they're going to stay. And they're not going to play these musical chairs that they were playing last year, trying to figure out, which I don't think they will. Cause I think last year they were legitimately just trying to figure out what they had. I feel too. Like you don't sign a free agent without being like, here's where you're playing. Like Nate Davis right. is not going to, Nate Davis is not going to come to Chicago with a right. like, we'll figure it out when you get here. It's like, no, no, no. I need to know. Like there's certain things. You know, there's certain, there's certain places. Like if somebody's like come to Vegas and like, okay, I can pretty much, I can, yeah, you're fine. If you're sending me to Pullman, I need to know exactly where I'm going. I can't, you know, it's just like, I feel yeah. like they've got an idea of what they're going to do, but you don't like, you don't like when they switch, when they go from right to left. Or right, right I don't, right. I don't like that. I don't. Um, I just, it needs to be something though, where that person's either done it before or you give him ample time to get adjusted. And this would still give him ample time to get adjusted from switching. Cause I mean, at this yeah. point, someone's got to switch some position. Yeah. Uh, Cause as in the, in its current iteration, like I said, unless Tevin Jenkins is not your starter anymore. And which is, which is, which is still a possibility. Uh, I don't see exactly where Nate Davis slots in, but that's a great point. Unfortunately, like Chicago is a wonderful city. It's my favorite city in the whole wide world, but playing here is another story. And especially for a team that isn't expected to contend to get Nate Davis to come here yeah. on a team friendly deal. I mean, it was, it was, it was good money, but it was still pretty team friendly. You are absolutely outlining exactly what you need him to do. And mm. he is buying into that. So I'm, I'm with you. He knows the plan. I think polls and them yeah. know the plan. Yeah. We'll see. We just don't. Know I, by the way, um, you can find it on TikTok or any of the social media things. I did a thing of rebuilding the bears and I, it's funny. I had Deron Payne coming. That obviously didn't happen. I yeah. had us, I had us signing a guard though. And I moved Cody Whitehair to center. And uh, a couple of you are like, Oh, it's a guy. I never thought about that. Cause Cody Whitehair has obviously played center previously. So right. this would be a pretty good opportunity. Now you talked about McGlinchey. Um, a little bit ago, was this a situation again, where the bears go into free agency? They're like, yeah, I'm in. And then the price goes way up and you're like, I'm not, I'm not budging. I'm like, that's just way too much money. Is that what you, I, that's the sense that I got. Did you feel the same way? I did. And the guaranteed money that McGlinchey got was what I think would have scared them off again. Because obviously they guarantee a lot of money to Tremaine Edmonds, but I just think that Ryan Poles has more faith in his offensive line evaluation process to the point where he is not going to spend that kind of money on a position that he knows so well that he can get value for in the draft for a much more team-friendly price. Yeah. And I think 
he wanted to add one or two veterans. I don't know if they're done uh, adding veterans to the line because you need kind of tone setters, guys that have been there before, guys that can help younger players come in. But from a talent perspective, I don't think he's going to pay a, a ton of money, which is why I think we're also going to find out, granted he's not signed anywhere right now, but Orlando Brown, Yeah, we're going to very much – like if Ryan Poles, who is so familiar with Orlando Brown, doesn't sign him, then he, that tells me he is not worth the money that he's asking. That's and what we that, said last week, yeah. Right. Like whatever happens with Orlando Brown, if Ryan Poles does or does not take him, that tells me everything. 100%. So if he does take, if he does take him, that means he is that good. And he can get better even. He hasn't hit a ceiling yet. He's worth that amount of money because he can turn into that player that you need him to be. Or if they don't sign him, it's a, nah, man, I get that you're coming off a Super Bowl. That's going to drive up your price. You're not worth that. You can't play to that level. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, exactly how we put it last week. And it's starting to play out that way to the point of like, okay. And nobody else is biting either. So there's something, there's something, there's something going on. So for everybody, like I had, I understand that we we were so excited on day one and for day two to be sort of a dud, everybody's like, well, you don't do something just for the sake of it. Like you just don't like, well, let's just throw away this money. I just think that, and by the way, the more and more I go into this, the more and more I get into Braxton Jones. And I was tell, I was talking to Sean O'Hara Friday uh, during our breaks at the NFL Network and everything like that. And he goes, listen, he's like, when you're a guy, when you have a rookie who's, biggest issue is like getting stronger like that's the best problem to have like it's he he knows what he's supposed to be doing he knows where he's supposed to be they -hmm. showed off his athleticism if he's just got to hit the weight room then like hit the weight room like get stronger get like that's a that's a perfect that's a fixable problem and so a lot of guys you know they still make the leap so perhaps you know ryan pulls you know he saw what he saw from braxton jones and is comfortable with what they there's a reason why he started at left tackle last year and they never budged never so it is one of those things so i think a lot of people are just going to have to deal with it what about this uh what about the notion uh you see that austin eckler is out there looking for a new deal i was going through this because like you know anytime a fantasy relevant player comes out you always go through the list of like okay let's let's see where he really fits and you got to kind of take a lot of the afc teams out because i don't see him going to i don't see the chargers being like yeah we'll just send you to cincinnati or the Kansas city or any like, and then you look at the NFC and you're starting to look at the teams, like who realistically fits Carolina is one that comes to mind. Uh, there's a couple others, but like Carolina, and the bears, like li- literally stand out. Do you think there's any chance that Austin Eckler could be on the bears wish list? I mean, if he costs the same amount of money as David Montgomery and you have, you feel like he fits the system better than David does, yeah. but I don't know that that's the case just because we've heard Ryan Poles time and time again voice his support and his desire to bring David Montgomery back. I just don't know. I think they're probably going to be relatively the same price. I think David Montgomery could be even cheaper than Austin Eckler. And if that's the case, then I think you stick with, again, it's not bad to have a veteran on the, in this offense that can kind of provide some sort of stability and with all of this roster turnover, keeping some of these guys in place that have been here for a while, I think will help Justin Fields and will help the rest of the offense kind of lay, you know, keep that foundation intact and and keep and just learn from. I mean, David Montgomery is really great for that running back room in so many ways because he knows the system now. 
really well, but it's also, a, he's been in multiple systems. So he, I'm sure he has a ton of wisdom that he can impart on some of the younger players. And Austin Lecker would be coming in from a different system, have that experience. And he's a wonderful player in his own right. He's so much fun, but I don't think that you back down from everything you previously said at this point about wanting to bring David Montgomery back and how well he fits into your system as it is. hundred percent. It is. It's fun to think about in the guise of fantasy football. And by the way, for anybody who saw that on NFL network today, uh, you you'll notice uh, I did not say, because it would have it would have implicated that David Montgomery is not coming back. And if you think I'm going to go on the national TV and say that David Montgomery is not coming back, you're not going to get that from me. Am I biased? Am I one-sided? Sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, Austin Eckler, wonderful player. Uh, enjoy Carolina. How about some uh, <laughs> some questions from the audience, though? If we got a, we got a, By the way, Sammy, they can you can cut jump the line, um, <laughs> Kerry Franklin. Adam, I love your enthusiasm for the Chicago Bears. What do you think of Jimmy Johnson's view of never taking an offensive lineman in the first round? You know what's funny is he did a very nice job, Jimmy Johnson, of building his offensive line through the draft. Now, when he inherited the Dallas Cowboys, Nate Newton, Mark Tuanay were already on the roster, but Mark Stepnoski was a third-round pick, and that's, you know, with the Bears having two second-round picks, uh, I think two third-round picks, we have three picks in the top – wait, five picks in the top 103. I think uh, a center could be had there. And like Carmen's been saying, I do think that you can find value in the offensive line in the second, third, fourth rounds. I mean, Larry Allen famously was drafted in the second round by the Dallas Cowboys. So it really does make a lot of sense. And I, I do think that, you know, as much as we love Paris Johnson and players like that, these guys are going to slip through the cracks. Remember, Tevin Jenkins, a couple of years ago in that draft, was slotted to go to the Bears at number 20. We have to get him in the second round, or we got him in the second round. Like I think there's a scenario like that, too. And with the sliding scales, I think it's it's probably best. I'm I'm talking my smell, my smell, myself more and more into Jackson Smith and Jigba as the guy and still want to go wide receiver, even though we have DJ Moore. And uh, I could go along with that, even though I know Carmen again loves the Skaronsky. What's not the? Although he's a Packers fan, is that? Did I hear that correctly today? Oh, I don't know. Is he? He might be, but uh, that's whatever. Who cares? Uh, I've. I'll tell you who cares. Me. I care. I will tell you this. Hold on. Hold on for a second. Actually, I can find out. Cause I saw it online today. Listen to me. Don't you want to like, con- wouldn't it be so satisfying to convert someone though? And to like force a Packer fan to play for the bears and like go all in on the bears. He's uh, not going to be a no. spy from the inside just because of his fandom growing up. Come on. I know, but he's from, he is from the city where I was born from Park Ridge, Illinois. And Stacy Dales was sitting there interviewing him. By the way, I was, I was a little, I was a little hurt that Stacey Dales didn't shout me out when she was talking about Park Ridge, Illinois, because she knows I'm from, I was born in Park Ridge. And so uh, that's the thing that hurts. Like you were born in Park Ridge, which is not Chicago. Okay. No, but to, it's close. To the people lit, to the it's people. It's an 847 watch. area code, right? I don't even know. I'm pretty sure. My, um, grandma, my grandma lived in Park Ridge for a while. Well, it is now like, but when I was born, it was, it was still 312. Yeah. So here's the th- like I always do this thing as well. Like it's to the people who are watching here. Okay, Park Ridge is not part of Chicago, but when I'm sitting here at the pizza joint 
And so when I'm at Rip Beer Company and people are like, where, where, where were you born? You're like, Chicago. There's somebody in this Park Ridge. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we know oh, the yeah. suburbs. You, you know the context. Yeah. I, I don't ever say I'm from Elmhurst. I say I'm from Chicago because right. outside of the city of Chicago. Someone asked me here in the city where I'm from. I say yeah. Elmhurst. Of course. But but nobody knows where Elmhurst, Illinois is. Everyone knows where Chicago is. And I do live in Chicago now. So I can. But we know. That. See, but I know. Like, when, you, when we talk, I'm like, ah, I know where that is. Yeah. Aurora, like all, well, Aurora is famous because of the Wayne's World movies, but in any event, uh, but I do, uh, I do like the idea. I listen, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, offensive linemen in the first round sometimes make a lot of sense, but I'm with you. Uh, I want to go get that playmaker. That's going to be my, that's, I feel like that's going to be my official position. And, uh, if Sammy wants, if Sammy wants to make up a graphic and put it out, fine, I'll own it. Uh, that's fine with me. And I just hate the fact that, you know, a lot of people will do the thing where they they'll be like, "Well, well, like, how's he gonna throw the ball if he's not?" I'm like, ah, "I got it." Like, it's the whole thing. Like the Bengals went through, where they could have taken Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase, right. and and Penny Sewell has turned out to be a. Remarkable there wasn't a wrong answer in that, but yeah, I think they're it's happy not. with Jamar Chase. But I get like. It. Who would you really have? Like, who would you rather have? I know Detroit. Detroit. It's it's hard for Detroit too because they've had the benefit of getting Amon Ross St. Brown and really hitting it out of the park with him. So it's like that's that's a little bit skewed. But ultimately, give me the receiver. We'll figure it out. We'll get the ball out of Justin's hands quick. Give me the receiver. Yeah, you got a point. Listen, I don't, but I just don't. I I don't like saying you shouldn't ever get an offensive lineman in right. the first round. That's there right. are plenty of offensive linemen out there that were worth it. You look at my Northwestern Wildcats own Rashawn Slater. He was by far and away worth it. Panay Sewell was worth it. Quentin Nelson back, you know, a few years ago was worth it. Those guys are worth it. Uh, but then you get, you know, multi-contract starters who snapped to the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> And they were taken in the fourth round. Like yeah. Ryan Jensen was taken in the fourth round out of a small school. Uh, the Bucks very much built their offensive line through the late, like day two and day three picks. Ali Marpet, Donovan Smith, those all they all came in the second, third rounds. Alex Kappa, all of that, and they've all they all had multiple contracts. Uh, Alex Kappa is on his second team. Donovan is is still in the wind right now um, after being released by the Bucks, But yeah, so I do think that it's possible because offensive linemen in general too have a lot more of a transition to make when it comes from going from the college game to the pro game. The college game and the pro game for offensive linemen are completely different. Some of these guys have never been in a huddle before. And now they're expected to go into the league where that's all you got. And you're there's a, there's just so many different ways to play. I mean, I even remember having conversations with Braxton Jones last season about how much different it is up at this level, even like schematically or uh, technique wise. I mean, we're talking about he's never really engaged defenders or been that aggressive because in college, that's just not what you do. Essentially, you're taught to sit back and you're, you know, you're, they say pass pro isn't passive. It's not, but that's kind of how it's played in college. And then to come to the league where now you're the aggressor, you're the one engaging, you have to have your hand placement just right. You have to have, there's so much to offensive line play and it gets me going obviously <laughs> because I don't feel like a lot of people understand it. But right. when you do get a guy that is a technician that you can tell 
that he's going to have a seamless transition in the NFL, like a Peter Skaronsky, like a Paris Johnson, then those guys are worth taking in the first round. But, but yes, the game is just very different. You're going to have to work with these guys. So taking a guy in the later round, being able to work with him, coach him up, all that other stuff, that makes a lot of sense too. But trust me when I say there are plenty of offensive linemen out there that are worth premium draft picks. And we've seen that over and over again, but it works out the other way too. So I get it. No, no. And it, you know, it's funny because it, it's very similar in fantasy football where everybody gets into these absolutes. Like don't take your quarterback early. Wait, I, I'm going to do zero RB. Like don't take a running back. Don't do this. Like, and the, you always find examples of why that works out. Like, Hey, like in fantasy, I didn't take a quarterback early and I ended up with Geno Smith and he was like, okay. But at the same time, it's like, I ended up with Kenneth Walker or whoever, you know, who I drafted in the 13th round. Like there's always, you can always find this exception to this rule. I think basically, I think basically what you want is like, try to hit on your draft picks, no matter who they are, when you draft them, just try to hit on your draft picks and uh, go after it like that. Do we have another question, Sammy? Uh, sorry about that. Um, I'm sorry. A producer for tomorrow is getting away. Do you think we could get Orlando Brown at a one year prove it type deal? All the other free agent money has dried up one year, 19 million. Yeah. Do you think they could get into a spot? Like if, do you think there's a, I still really like Braxton Jones and I think that that's where they're committed to go. But do you think there would ever be a point where they're like the deal becomes so good that you can't pass up on Orlando Brown? Yeah. If that happens, I don't foresee that happening with Orlando Brown. This is a guy that made zero sacks t-shirts to wear to the Kansas city chiefs championship rate. Like, I don't think that that is going to be the case to the point where it would make sense for the bears. I could be wrong. And maybe you do want to get a veteran in at left tackle and push Braxton Jones down the depth chart a little bit, let him really acclimate to the league, get him in a strength program this off season and then into the season as well. And you don't need a veteran for that long. You just kind of need him as a placeholder, but to be a placeholder, I mean, you, you got to drive that price way down. Yeah. And I, I don't foresee that Orlando Brown who can choose where he wants to yeah. go taking a deal like that. But I mean, if it's available, sure. I don't, I, I don't think I'm paying one year, 19 million though for him. Not what's, point. what's the league minimum. If Orlando Brown walked up and said, I'll play for the league minimum, <laughs> yeah, that's I think not he but it, it still comes down to does it, does the deal make sense? You know, yeah. like I, I have this bad habit. Like I can go into like a, uh, like a 99 cent store or something like, Whenever I see something for 99 cents, like it's very easy to convince myself, like I could totally use this. I I don't, I don't need it. I, I legitimately I don't need any purchase when I shop. Believe me. You could go like, or even like, but like, even like the rack, like, ah, oh, this, this jacket's marked down to $9. Like, but I've got 30 of them in my closet back here. I don't need one. And, and regardless, I understand that it's a great deal. I don't need to do it. And I think the great thing about Ryan Poles so far, what we've seen over the last you know year or so, is that he doesn't get pushed into these situations where he's just going to spend to spend. And I know that the Bears walked into this whole deal with the most salary cap room of any team, and people expected them to spend all this money on McGlinchey and Orlando Brown 
and Draymond Jones and just spend the whole thing. But he realizes like we have a, like this money can still roll over. Like I know we have to hit a minimum, but he's still got to extend Jalen Johnson at some point. We're going to have to start working out an extension for Justin Fields. If he works out the way that we want him to Darnell Mooney, uh, even like what, what if Tevin Jenkins comes out and is an all pro? Well, he's coming very close to the end of his contract. You know, there is like, you cannot spend everything right now. So I understand that it's frustrating and I know Orlando Brown's a huge name, but I, I think we're okay. I think we'll, I think we'll be fine. I think, um, again, we got to trust the process. Scott Pioli was on the NFL network today talking about this very, very same thing about like Ryan Poles has shown that he, and he really values picks like Mm -hmm. last year going from five picks to 11 picks was significant. And that's with nothing like nothing to work with. Now he has something, he has a number nine overall pick like that could turn into a lot more. So don't rule that out as well. And you know, Ryan Poles isn't going anywhere. So he's like, I don't, I'm not, going to have to rebuild everything in a day. So he's going to take his time and be very judicious uh, moving forward. All right. How about another question? Uh, and I keep, I keep taking my glasses off for no reason. Um, <laughs> hello, Adam. What do you think the next move for the bears in free agency? You know what? Um, I was kind of waiting around today and James Bradbury came off the board for the Philadelphia Eagles at a pretty decent number for them. And they, it, it's a move that they needed to make. I'm starting to look at some of the cornerbacks who are still available and what they could possibly bring. I think that the next thing is going to be one of those moves that underwhelms people, whether it's Rocky sin or somebody like that, but I think it's going to be a smaller deal like that, but I think it's going to be defensively. And I think it's going to provide some depth. What do you think the bears are looking at uh, over the next couple of days? Yeah, you've got a really young secondary. And so getting a vet veteran corner into that rotation uh, I think would be good. But again, it's as a rotational piece. It's not getting your number one outside corner. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to stick with your guys that you have right now. And especially with how well Kyler Gordon has done on the inside, but you definitely need another guy. But like I said, too, I, I touched on it before. It's a really good corner class in the, coming yeah, out in the draft. That's true, that's true. So again, if you are going to, I think it's worth, again, investing in a veteran. I just think it's not going to be some world beater because you can get a really good corner in the draft and you just need kind of that veteran presence in that back level. Uh, Again, the defensive tackle market is hard because it's not a great draft. I don't feel like Uh, it's good for rotational guys, but you really, really need a guy like Jalen Carter. And I don't know if that forces you into taking him regardless at maybe that number nine pick Uh, because there's really nobody in the free agent market either. But if you are, I, I, you, you still could add to the rotation was, is my point on that too. I, again, it, I'm with you that it's going to be some sort of – I don't want to call it underwhelming though because those are very important pieces as far as having depth. I mean, you have the depth on the roster, and I really love the fact that they're building in front of their depth. And, and so that's kind of – you know you build from the front of the depth chart. Yeah. But I don't necessarily see – I mean, hey, maybe the next piece is resigning David Montgomery, which isn't underwhelming. It's exciting. No, that's amazing. It's not bringing in a new person or anything like that. I could also see, I don't know. I mean, it's good tight end class too, because I feel like you could use another tight end. Oh, this is a Um, huge, yeah. This is a a really good tight end class. And I think that's why I think that's why guys like Hayden Hurst haven't been signed yet. Uh, who's right. uh, like Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Mike Gasicki. I got a lot of teams. 
are looking at this incoming tight end class and they're passing on a lot of these guys, there is an opportunity to draft or to sign one of these guys on a one-year deal uh, that we've seen become more and more popular. I don't know that we're, I think we need to start looking a little bit more long-term for some players. And also at number nine, you're talking about the, the cornerback class. Uh, one of the players I really like coming out is uh, Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez, yeah. Who was a, a good player who, again, like that would be, I, I just know like having to be on, you know, the NFL network and defending these moves. Cause anything that's not offensive tackle or a wide receiver is going to be poorly received uh, by not only a lot of the fans, but by a lot of the people on the network who are going to be like, what are they doing? You're like building a team. Like, I don't know. What do you want from me? Um, but it's just one of those things. All right. How about another question, Sammy? And again, I took off my glasses. You know what it is? I don't want the light to reflect off of it because I think it looks I know. That's why I don't have my glasses on. I'm like halfway blind right now. So sorry, guys. <laughs> Caleb McGarry should have been a bear. Top 10 right tackle in the league for 11.5 mil. He's still like, did he sign? Yeah, my he resigned with is- Atlanta. He, he resigned did. with Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. They apparently there were talks with other teams and Atlanta just kind of stayed persistent. And I mean, they've, they went and made a few splashes yesterday as well. So I don't think it's necessarily hard for them to retain their free agents because of that, because you don't, you're not giving up and, you know, making this a rebuilding year necessarily. I don't know. I mean, I liked the idea of Caleb McGarry coming, but again, I, as much as I love offensive line, I am not at all more equipped to evaluate these guys or think who would fit better in this system then the Bears, then Ryan Poles, then the offensive line coaches, all those guys. So uh, I just I can't say anything else but to trust them in what their decisions have been. Because, yeah, they do have enough cap space for him. But, again, it could have just been as simple as he wanted to stay in Atlanta. I mean, that happens sometimes. They, the guys just like their team. And, by the way, uh, I've said this a number of times on the NFL Network as well, is every time they talk about players coming in and playing right tackle, I'm not – 100% moving on from Larry Borum. Like I think that he's a, you know, and if there, this is the guy that I think could get pushed down for organizational depth as somebody comes in above him uh, to start. But at the same time, like we can't rule out the, the fact that some of our guys who got experience last year are going to make improvements. Like it there's, there's leaps to be made for offensive linemen. And so again, I, I think what you're saying, Carmen a lot of people really need to heed this of like Ryan Poles probably feels really good about himself figuring out who can start on the, on the, on the offensive line. And you know what, if it's, if it's one of those things, like they, he looks at this, this class, he's, he's at the combine, he's at the senior bowl, he's at all these places. And he's like, you know what? I know that I can find guys who are going to be just as good as McGarry McGarry. The only reason we talk about him, is because he was a free agent. It wasn't like we sit around and be like, God, I gotta, I gotta tune into the Falcons today because McGarry's playing. It's not he's one not of those. Tristan he's yeah. not Tristan Wirfs. He's not Right? Like that's the whole I thing. <laughs> but uh, by the way, if you're enjoying the show tonight, uh, we want to thank you for being here. Comment sick and hit the like button. Make sure you like and subscribe and all that good stuff. If you're listening to us as a podcast, by the way, share it with your friends. We've seen a lot of people jumping in over the last couple of days of things have been happening. And just as a reminder, we'll, we'll be uh, producing some more shorts uh, as players continue to get signed, as moves continue to be made. 
Be sure to be subscribed to the sick podcast. Uh, be sure to be subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that'll be coming down the pike over the next couple of days as the bears continue to build out this roster, by the way, uh, we're sitting here right in the middle of March and I know the fantasy football season is over, but March madness is upon us. And the best way to play March madness and to do your pool is with underdog fantasy. That's right. And underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports at all. Uh, it's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the promo code sick and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Uh, they also have PGA games which are a lot of fun. If you have not tried that, if you're trying to listen, you got your board. Like we just, we just had the players championship and we just came off the Arnold Palmer classic. So the next couple of weeks with the PGA, not going to be great. Uh, we'll have match play in a couple of weeks. And of course the masters uh, will be coming up in April. So if you've ever wanted to try PGA uh, fantasy, you want to try By the way, I am so good at PGA golf fantasy. <laughs> Like you guys, I, I lost, I lost this week to my friend, uh, Graham Barfield because he took Victor Hovland over who did, who is the guy that I picked who fell off Did I have Max Homa. One of those things. It was one of those things. Like, ah, I was so close. Max Homa and Max Homa put the ball in the water on 17. Otherwise I would have won, but, uh, that's a lot of fun. So golf fantasy, if you've never tried it, it is a lot of fun. With the Masters coming up, I implore you. The match play is going to be difficult to figure out. Skip that. Just do it for the Masters. Do a Masters pool. You won't regret it. Underdog Fantasy is the place to do your fantasy sports. All right. How about some more questions or comments or whatever we got? Uh, hit the like. Yes, Cassie. We appreciate you. Have everything heard anything about Monty? Like, listen, we heard the same things you hear. Like, they, they seem to like him. They want to bring him aboard. But yeah. it's just it's just a waiting game at this point. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Poles was asked about him as recently as the Combine, and I was there, and Ryan Poles said again that they he has no update. <laughs> I think I tweeted that out. I was like, we got, we got nothing, guys. But his status on David Montgomery has not changed in that he wants him back, and he has not been shy about saying that. He's been very candid about saying how much he wants David Montgomery back. If that's the case, then I don't see – it being too difficult to retain a guy like David Montgomery, especially with as many moves as the bears had made. I mean, if you saw Instagram and Twitter yesterday, a lot of these guys were sounding off. A lot of the players were sounding off at the move at the moves that Ryan Poles was making. I mean, Chase Claypool implored yeah. the city of Chicago to give Ryan Poles the key to the city. I mean, they are very excited about what Ryan Poles is doing in the team that he is building. So I foresee that David Montgomery, for as much as he loves Chicago, will also be excited about all of those things. And ha Ryan Poles has done enough already to say, hey, listen, we want you. We want you here. I even went out and got you another guard that's really good in run blocking, that like you can really run behind. He was with Derrick Henry the last three seasons, or the last four seasons, four or five. Um, yeah, I, what else do you want, man? Like, I want you. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's make a deal happen. Of course, with Saquon Barkley being tagged, Josh Jacobs being tagged. Uh, a lot of the big name running backs are off the board. You know, Derrick Henry presumably is available to trade. Austin Eckler's out there seeking a deal. I think David Montgomery's best bet is just to come back to Chicago. Hopefully both sides can get together to consummate a deal and move forward that way. Uh, let me ask you, though, uh, we didn't touch on Demarcus Walker. Not a lot of people know about him. Oh, yeah. uh, what can you tell us about Back Demarcus Walker? 
<laughs> that came in after all. I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, we're still not like, done. <laughs> right? Like, this needed to be jumped on top. Right after I, like, summarized all the Bears moves. What did you think of that one? Because I feel that he could play in a lot of different positions on that defensive line, including the interior. I thought that was kind of a low-key, sneaky move. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think that I don't, it's hard to have all of that. It's hard to get a guy that can really be position flexible in a 4-3. But yes, I agree with you. His skill set is is wide. There's a, he's a big variety of skills that he can that he's good at. I'm not yeah. making sense right now. I liked the I liked the move though. Is the long and short of it. And I think that however you can get to the passer. You're going to need to get more creative, and we we did see some interesting fronts out of the Bears defense. I only anticipate that getting more creative as the season goes on, as this next season goes on. Where you are, you're shuffling guys from the outside in, the, you know, lining up on the interior, putting those interior guys out just to confuse offensive lines. I mean, we were seeing this more and more with defenses in general because of how athletic offensive linemen are and how aggressive they can be. So now it's up to you to try and confuse them as much as possible. And with a guy like Marcus Walker, you are going to be able to do a lot of interesting things. And I think we're going to see more creativity out of the Bears defensive line, quite honestly. Yeah. And those are the kind of moves that I expect to see us making over the next couple of days. Not as much Orlando Brown, more Demarcus Walker kind of guys just filling in some spots. And, you know, when you look at Eberflus's defenses over the years, you know, they've really thrived on not having more than, you know, it's not like superstars, all pros, household names. It's guys who are just really good football players. And I think that's going to be one of the hallmarks of the Bears defense uh, moving forward. Do we have another question, though, Sammy? Uh, yeah, you think the Bears are a 500 team? Caesar wants, I think he's calling you out, Carmen. If I didn't know any better, I think he's calling I you out. Saying they're a 500 team next year or this this coming season, I just wanted to temper your expectations because you were saying playoffs like automatically, and I just don't think it's going to be that easy. Even you know at 500, I think this division is going to be pretty okay. competitive. Oh, competitive! Come on. So I just think that, but I think that 500 is is good is good for this next season. And then, you know, you really get the last couple of pieces in play in the 2024 draft, which you already have extra capital for. Right. You. Oh, Andy Dalton's on the case for us. He's going down to Carolina to sabotage from the inside. That's the move. He's still one of our operatives. I really sure. believe that. Sure. Sure. Andy Dalton. I love, you know, it, it sucks. I, I like Andy. Dalton. I like him as yeah. a person. So that's always, I always, I always hate making jokes about him because he's, he's actually a very funny guy. He's like, I got a great sense of humor. Um, he's self-aware, like, yeah. self-aware. Like I think he would have the best, I think he would be having fun too. I hope that when he starts working, when he's one of my colleagues, eventually I'm going to have to be like, Hey bro, you know, they're just, I'd have that conversation with David Carr one time. Like, Hey, they're just, he's like, I never took offense to it. He's like, it's funny to me. And then I always, because I always will talk, I will talk, I will, I will make a joke and people will be like, oh, I bet you wouldn't say that when David's here. And I'm like, watch me. I'll say it right in front of him. Like, I don't care. Uh, that's like, I'm, that's my barometer for jokes, honestly, is like, if I would make that joke in front of them. What I say I, that most of the time in I would. front of them. Yeah. What I say uh, that in front of them and I, and yeah, or even criticisms too. 
because I always want to make sure all my criticisms are fair. And I never usually, I, I never usually, I never will go after the person themselves. And I don't yeah. get personal either. So, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to. We don't, outside of Aaron Rodgers, I don't attack anybody on a human level. No, I'm just teasing. Um, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Mm-hmm. But listen, uh, but listen, uh, this has been a great session. Thanks so much for uh, for being here, Carmen. We do appreciate it. I know it's very busy uh, this time of year. We've uh, we got a lot of cool things happening, a lot of good things happening with the Bears. So again, as news breaks, we will break with you. But for sure, we will be back next Tuesday to kind of talk about a lot of this stuff. I will. Uh, I, I have one more day on the NFL Network. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's nice. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We appreciate everybody. And by the way, like when we've dropped these special episodes, um, people have come along for the ride. And so I totally, we totally appreciate that. So we appreciate you being here. But again, if something crazy happens over, even though, because tomorrow's my last day, not my last, last day, but like my, for the week till next, till Monday, uh, my week ends tomorrow, uh, doing some fantasy hits on the free agency frenzy tomorrow morning. Uh, I'll be off Thursday, Friday from the network. I'm going to be out uh, playing golf. But if if something crazy happens, rest assured, I will be back to talk about it. I might be a little bit more buzzed than you would want me to be. But no, I'm just kidding. Not while I'm golfing. Um, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So we'll be here. Stop it. I don't like it. I, I, I just like actually playing the sport. I'm a weirdo. Um I just like being the beer cart girl, so I'll or, and, and driving the golf carts around. That's me at every single uh, like charity golf whatever. I'm just driving golf carts around, hanging out with people. That's all I'm doing. I'm not playing. I never That's, play in those tournaments. Everybody has their role, and as long as you know what your role is, uh, like when we play scrambles like that, I'm the putter guy. Like I'm usually the guy. Like if there's one that like. Let me go. Like if there's a six footer, I'm like, let me knock this one in real quick. Boom. Everybody stay in the cart. Boom. Okay. I got it. We walk off. But in any event, uh, thanks everybody for being here. Don't forget to come on, comment, come on, comment sick, hit the like button. So until we see you next time. Yeah. Bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.